Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Kristen Ness is the author of At Loggerheads, a novel. Kristen grew up in South Carolina and serves as a volunteer for the Island Turtle Team on Isle of Palms. A graduate of Duke University and the University of South Carolina School of Law, she's an immigration attorney obsessed with marine biology. She lives near the coast in Charleston, South Carolina with her family. And I actually met Kristen when I did an event for the Charleston Society Library and went to a pre-party the night before and met her and she is wonderful. At Loggerheads is her first novel. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss At Loggerheads, a novel. Thank you, Zibby. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and to talk to you. 
Oh, it's so fun. It was so great that we met in Charleston and you were like, I've got this book. What do you think? Da, da, da. And we sort of kept in touch and now here it is. So I feel like the sense of, I don't know, not ownership, but pride in you and like all that's happened in the last, what, couple of months. It's amazing how fast things have gone. Yes, it has. It's flown by and it was wow. such a pleasure to meet you then. And I just felt this immediate connection like I know so many people do when they meet oh. you. And I'm so glad we kept in touch and really appreciate you having me on your podcast so we can talk more. I just feel like we have so much to catch up on and talk about. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, okay. Let's start with at loggerheads. Thank you for (laughs) the detailed explanation in the beginning for the term at loggerheads in case people (laughs) didn't know and how it also dovetails with the turtle. Tell listeners how you came up with the idea for this book and what the book is about. Okay. Well, first of all, the book is about a murder that takes place on a fictional barrier island in South Carolina called Andrews Isle. And that brings together our main characters, Dr. Brooke Edens, who's a sea turtle biologist, and the local detective, Drew Young, to unravel a mystery that might impact the race for the White House. So you have some sea turtles and some murder, politics and a romance. So uh, definitely a love story carries through it as well. I first got the idea for it. First of all, I'm just from a very young age, have always been obsessed with marine biology and sea creatures. And growing up in South Carolina, we would come down to the coast, to the barrier islands here, Isle of Palms mostly. I was that kid out on the beach with my cast net, dragging (laughs) stuff out of the tide pools to see what I could find. And um, just always have been fascinated by all of that type of sea life. So That was always a secret passion of mine. And when it came time to do something about my other passion, which is writing, and I finally needed to come up with an idea, thinking that I might attempt a novel-length book, it had to have something to do with sea creatures. So I was searching for my idea and kind of had a lot of free writing going on and just writing in my journal, the things that I would always do, but I hadn't really hit on that idea yet. And my mom and I were out at Isle of Palms walking on the beach. And this was a while ago, probably 15 years ago or so, when I first got the idea. And I saw a sea turtle track for the first time where the female loggerhead, you've read my book, so you see this in the book, comes on shore to nest. And she leaves this track on the sand that looks kind of like a bulldozer drove onto the beach. So it's very hard to miss, especially at low tide. But I had never seen one in real life. So my mom and I came across this and I thought, this is a turtle track. I've seen pictures of it. But the seed of an idea came to me that what might happen if there was this track onto the beach But there was no turtle, no nest, and no track going back to the ocean, which is normally what you would see, either a nest or at least a track back to the ocean if she did what we call is a false crawl and didn't make a nest. But this seed of an idea just popped into my head, as I guess sometimes with writers that happens when you're thinking of ideas. And my book obviously isn't science fiction, so the turtles aren't flying away. They're not, you know, mutant ninja turtles. So I needed to come up with some story around this that would build into a fiction. And I've always enjoyed the genres of murder mystery and suspense and thriller. So I chose murder mystery as my vehicle to deliver the story and sort of built the outline out over time. And then uh, sat down and just started writing it from page one. And it took me about 10 years oh my gosh. to write the first draft. There was a lot going on in life, you know, a lot yeah. of things needed my attention. So my book was something I would just come back to 
for a, a creative outlet and just to visit those characters and escape into that world. And about 10 years ago, we moved down to Charleston. I was living in Charlotte when I started the book and I immediately joined the sea turtle team so that I could see firsthand what that was like and get out there and help the sea turtles. So that was the inception of the book and sort of where it all went from there. And now here it is. Wow. Real life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that I thought you did in a really interesting way versus other murder mysteries, if you will, which this doesn't like fit neatly into that category, which I liked. I liked that it had so many different things to it and that it wasn't predictable and where it was going. Instead of starting off with the murder of a person, it takes us a little bit to get to the murder of the person. Instead, we start with the murder of a turtle and Mm -hmm. you humanize the turtle right away by showing us the turtle's tears and And what it does to Brooke in terms of her emotions and how she's even willing to like, you know, rope in her, her ex who becomes this huge character in the book because of it. And as a reader now, we are completely like drawn in and caring about the turtle, caring about the culture, wanting to know more. Why does she care so much? Blah, blah, blah. So how did you decide like in your 10 years or in your structuring of the story, did you contemplate starting out with the murder of Brooke's dear confidant friend, everything, um, which comes later. I almost don't want to spoil who gets murdered because that in and of itself feels like a big unveiling. But did you think about putting that further up? Did you always want to start with the turtle on the beach, which sounds like yes, with the track marks that, you know, the road tracks and tell me, tell me about that. Okay. So the structuring of it, I I wanted people to care about the turtle straight out. So that was intentional that I had that, that scene where you see the turtle happen very close to the beginning. Um, Originally that chapter was actually the first chapter and I didn't have a prologue, but I wanted the reader, those readers who might be coming to it strictly for a murder mystery and might not have immediately an interest in sea turtles. I didn't want to turn those readers off by starting mm-hmm. with the sea turtle. I hoped that they would care once they started reading, but I wanted that hook to be a little more vague at the beginning. Yeah. So I ended up moving the scene where the children are out on their John boat to the prologue and leaving yeah. it more vague. I just said that they were teenagers. I didn't give them names. Mm-hmm. So the readers didn't get too attached to those characters. And then left it very vague about what they find so that you don't know right away if they found a human body or if they found something else very scary. And then went into the first thing that you see, the first murder in you know terms of an animal that you see is with the sea turtle. I'm very glad that you related to it and cared about the turtle as a result and wanted to see what had happened with the turtle because that was intentional on my part to get the readers to care about the sea turtle by seeing it in this position and seeing what had happened to the sea turtle. Of course, people who already love sea turtles are immediately going to be upset about it, but even people who don't know anything about sea turtles... Mm -hmm they're going to find hopefully some empathy for that sea turtle and for the whole situation and for our main character who is obviously really upset about it because she knows this turtle. And as part of being on the turtle team, you do get to know some of the regular sea turtles that nest on the beach because those females come back to nest every two to three years on the same stretch of beach. So 
over time, some of them get to be well-identified by their size or by their track mark or whatever it might be. So yes, originally I had thought about putting the turtle right up front and then switched it around so that you had a little bit of a glimpse of something else going on to kind of keep you reading past the turtle Mm -hmm. and get a little deeper into it. Interesting. Well, one of the things you mentioned, the White House, and there is one sort of sub- plot or not even a subplot, but one element of the book, which involves, you know, a father-son dynamic. I don't want to give things away in that either, but not so dissimilar to, to the Bidens in the office at the moment. And what do you do? And, you know, what do you do or who, who do you pin the blame on? Who, who does what, what do we really know? Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything, but you know, there is that, that element of cover up and I mean, not necessarily in the government. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to say anything negative about anybody. And I, and I, none of us really know the facts, but there is something somewhat similar. So speak a little bit about that. And it's also, you know, the bounds that parents will take or children will take for their parents. What will parents do for their children? And, and it all kind of links back to your overall theme, I feel like, which is the sense of home and how, what does that mean? And how do we all define home and who do you want to be at home with and and all of that? That's so true. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that theme of home also, because it has several layers in the book. Home being the setting, of course, of Anders Isle, which that sense of place certainly plays a part and is almost a character in and of itself. And then Brooks' sort of search for meaning of home through the book right up front in the first chapter. I kind of hint at this whole idea of her search for home. And then you have the sea turtles who you know, people say they leave, once they leave the beach, they somehow find their way back to their home beach, their natal beach where they were born. And that's where the females nest, or at least in the region of their nesting. And then you're right, just the idea of who do you want to be at home with? How are these family dynamics working? And when when it comes to politics, I didn't want to pin any one type of politics down, right? I wanted to leave that to the reader to bring to the story what they wanted, but I did want that interplay and sort of inner they're interchangeable almost, the Mm father-son dynamic in the characters of Caldwell and his father, who's the senator running for president. I wanted them to be close enough in their, well, I guess in a way that the son often mirrors the father or wants to make the father proud, right? He wants to live up to his father's expectations. That plays a large role in the things that he decides to do and the way he goes about his life. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to give too much away, but I kind of flip it at the end. And I just want to make sure that people think about it from different perspectives. Yep. You say, you know, father being protective of his son or a son wanting to emulate his father. And sometimes it works out that way in the dynamic. And then other times there are questions about what that relationship really is, like you see playing out in current politics. And I also didn't want it to be too tied to any one time in politics mm-hmm. since I've been writing it over time. Obviously, it wasn't yep. it wasn't directly related to any one campaign or one time in politics. But yes, that sense of home definitely carries through. And that idea of what does home mean? Is it the people that you live with? Is it the structure of the house? Is it some activity that you find comfort in or some other group of people? Or is it a place, just Mm -hmm. a a place somewhere on the map that you have to go to, to make yourself feel comforted and like you're at home? Or sometimes it's another person. Yeah. Sometimes it's not a person. Yeah. 
Um, for Brooke, I think it very much started as just this place mm-hmm. you know, on Anders Isle in the book. And then I think over the course of the story, she starts to see much deeper meaning in what her sense of home is and what feels like home. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Well, you packed a lot in here. Loss, <laughs> love, intrigue, crime, science. I know you were very influenced by Mary Alice Monroe down in, in Charleston and all of her environmental work and all of that. Can you talk about her and other writing role models that you've had and that really kept you going on your path to the 10-year book and why you didn't give up? Yes, absolutely. First of all, don't give up. It might (laughs) take a really long time, but just keep writing. Mary Alice Monroe has been a great mentor of mine. And I actually met her when I first joined the Turtle team 10 years ago, but I didn't tell her that I was writing my book at the time because I, you know, I was kind of in the middle of it. And I I wasn't sure how it was going to come out, but I definitely drew a lot of inspiration from her books and from her whole idea around her books of bringing environment into the story or highlighting a species. And she writes a lot of family saga type books. And she has a series called The Beach House that I had read and really carries those 
themes of nature and the environment and conservation through her books by telling about this one particular family in the beach house. And then in other books, she highlights other species that way. I really loved the way she did that and was hoping to do something similar, but in a different genre. So bringing it into the murder mystery suspense thriller genre, but very much hoping that people would read the story and learn to care about whichever sea creature was in it. Because like Mary Alice always says, if you care, then you'll act, then you'll Mm -hmm. do something to protect or to try to conserve. So really spreading that word through writing. One of my other earliest influences in my writing and also just my love of reading was Pat Conroy. He's very well known as being one of the best writers about the South and the low country and the the descriptions in his book, the way that he could evoke the scenery and the emotions and the characters. And he had very drama-filled stories and he's such a great storyteller. He was an early inspiration of mine and I had the opportunity to meet him one time in person before he died, but that was such a thrill. And I was with my mom when I got to do that. So he was an early inspiration more recently. And I think that these are just contemporaries of mine, people who've had books come out more recently, but I'm very excited to see a lot of attention on the ocean and its creatures in recent fiction. So my book's about sea turtles or has an element of sea turtles in it. You'll learn about the sea turtles and the science behind them, their biology and habitat. One of the authors who gave me a blurb for my book is Shelby Van Pelt. And Mm -hmm. she wrote Remarkably Bright Creatures, which also has an element of mystery in it. So these cross-genre books similar to mine where they can fall into several categories, but have that teaching aspect about a sea creature. So hers is the giant Pacific octopus, Marcellus. She teaches us about the octopus through his character. And then I'm reading right now Whale Fall by Daniel Krauss which is a little bit of a suspense. It also ties in a father-son relationship and it involves the sperm whale, a scuba diver who is accidentally swallowed by the whale and has to deal with how to get out and if he's going to survive. I haven't finished, so I don't know what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. And then the other one on my list to read is Shark Heart by Emily Haybeck. And she's- Yes, everyone is talking about I've heard a lot of good things. And that's a love story and a kind of sci-fi love story about her her lover or her, I'm not sure what his relationship is to her because I haven't read it yet, but he's has this rare disease where he's going to turn into a great white shark. But everything I've heard about it says it's very a beautiful story about love and loss and dealing with somebody having to go through this type of change. So I'm interested to read that one next. So I am too. They're all current inspirations. I remember standing at the bookstore and I think it was our manager who was like, this is this is totally going to be a big book. And I was like, oh, what's it about? She's like, you have to read it. It's about from the point of view of a shark. And, this and I was like, no, 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 that's not for I me. know. That was, was my like, initial reaction. Like, no, no. I thought it wasn't for me either. But, and I now I've had like 8 million people tell me this. So it's totally on my list to read. But Yeah, it's in yeah. my stack. And I had the same reaction initially. I don't read science fiction. Mm-hmm. Usually that's my, not my usual genre. So yeah, I was thinking immediately like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can get into it, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. And I think I'm gonna like it from yeah, based we'll on what it. I've heard. Trade some notes after we read. Yes. We'll <laughs> circle back and talk about it. Tell me a little more about learning the craft of writing and how you honed your craft so far. 
Well, I grew up writing in my journal all the time and learning by doing, I mm-hmm. guess, just getting all my thoughts out on paper, very much like you you did, I think. Yeah. I read your memoir. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> you know, very, very much. I, I was drawn to the page. I love to read and I would scribble down, you know, little ideas and observations, things that were happening in my life. I mean, my I'm sure my journals from my teenage years are so embarrassing. I mean, I haven't dug them out of whatever box they're in, but I really don't want them to see the light of day. I'm sure there are all kinds of things in there about what was going on and it all is overly melodramatic, you know. So there was my start, I guess, just writing in Mm -hmm. period and um, reading. And then in high school, college, even all the way into law school, I would find ways to write creative papers instead of my final term paper that yep. where I was supposed to analyze such and such, you know, in a nonfiction way, I'd go to the professor and say, can I just do, can I take this book and tell it from the perspective of this secondary character that we don't see and just make up a whole, you know, a whole different world. And would that work? Would that be okay? I'll still, you know, learn about it and analyze it, but I just want to fictionalize it. So um, (laughs) I was lucky that I had some professors who let me do that and continue my pursuit of the writing. And then in college, I majored in English. Then in law school, I just, you know, I don't know, I lost track of a lot of the creative writing side, but you do kind of hone your skills to being, uh, somebody mentioned it as, you learn linguistic precision mm-hmm. when you're in law school, which I thought was an interesting well, like that. Like make you feel better about not, you know, being in a creative writing program and being in law school instead. Something creative I got out of it, sort of. So you're very, you learn very carefully to choose your words and to make sure you that every sentence means what it's supposed to mean. And that linguistic precision, I guess, was a, a skill that I could claim came from law school. And then I was just always writing in search of my idea, doing a lot of just keeping up with the journal, writing little short stories, writing poems. I love poetry. None of these are published. This is all <laughs> you know, stuff that will never see the light of day in a drawer somewhere. But just working on my craft. And then when I started getting serious about finding my novel idea, I took some courses at Queens College. I was in Charlotte at the time. I took a creative writing course in the evenings just to get some of the basics about how you structure a novel, how you character develop. I read a lot more as a writer. So I I came to books more as a writer looking for, you know, what are... What are the best kinds of dialogue tags? And how does this writer pace the plot and the dialogue with the description and the narrative? So came to more of my reading with a writer's point of view. And that helped a lot, especially as I was starting to write my book and would get stuck or be unsure or be you know doing what I always do, which is really bad and going back and editing as I write, which is again, why it took there me is, years. There is no bad or no good. Right. To so, get done, you know. Uh, So yeah, so just working a little bit, chipping away at it, and then just going to the sources, you know, the authors who were published and using those types of writing tools that I could find in literature and the resources that are out there from just getting inspiration from the authors that I love. So are you working on a new book? I am. I'm working on a more of a suspense thriller. It will have a murder in it, but I think the genre will fall more into suspense thriller. This one is also going to involve a sea creature, as I'm hoping all of my books will, not necessarily as up 
front and center as my sea turtles at loggerheads because my main character isn't a biologist, but she has a slight background in that. And then she is an immigration attorney, which is what I ended up doing for a while after law school and still do a little bit. I'm hoping to use that side of my background to bring her character alive. But in one of her major cases with a client, she's doing a lot of work visas for scientists who are coming to work at this lab. The lab focuses on using pufferfish toxin. So pufferfish might be cute, but they're very deadly. So their toxin is like 1,300 times more deadly than cyanide. So one pufferfish has enough toxin in it to kill 30 adult humans. I didn't know this. So, so this pufferfish toxin is being studied at this fictional lab, and she's in charge of getting the visas for the scientists. And then, of course, as she gets farther along and you start getting into the book, she starts to realize there are a lot of things happening that she's not aware of behind the scenes that she might be getting involved in without realizing it. And it could end up leading to some big problems down the road, but I don't want to give away too much. So that's my current book I'm working on. I'm still about 100 pages in, so I'm sort of getting into the muddy middle. And it will also deal with the father-daughter relationship, which is something that I really wanted to write about, but just wasn't ready to until now. Well, I know you already gave some advice, but what other advice do you have for aspiring authors, aside from don't give up and all that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, aspiring writers. Wow, what a thrill to be able to say something with a, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of experience. I would say, in addition to don't give up and keep writing, find the books you love and read them for inspiration. Go to the page every day, even if you just stare at it, <laughs> and try to spend a little bit of time working on your story because sometimes that five minutes turns into an hour if you really get into a scene or. Even if you write, just write a bunch of stuff that doesn't end up being in the final draft, that's something that I can definitely say, having gone through this, your book is going to change a lot. You're going to edit it many, many times. So don't worry too much about what you put down in the first draft. Just keep going. I love it. Amazing. Kristen, thank you. Thank you for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books. Thank you thank for you. at Loggerheads. What a fabulous experience to sort of go through all the emotions of the book and all the twists and turns. It's always hard to discuss when you don't want to give things away. But, you know, I also am sort of fond of the character of Doug. I feel like I want to know who he would be cast as in a movie. Do you have someone in mind for him? For Drew? I'm sorry. What did I say? Doug? Drew. His name is Drew. I'm so sorry. Who would you cast? Oh, well, I really... I kind of had in mind a Josh Lucas type. Mm. I really like the sort of shaggy, sandy blonde hair and blue eyes. Also, Ryan Gosling was in mind when I was writing that. So a character similar to some of the characters they played, or just that look, that sort of straight off the beach, a little bit sandy and salty, and that blonde hair, blue eye boy. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Zibby. Thank you again for the lovely acknowledgement and and all of it. And you are so welcome. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for everything you do. I mean, for readers and bringing all these books to people and for writers too. I just really appreciate your time and 
your interest in my book and the fact that you read it and brought me on your podcast. I mean, it just means so much to me. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.